0: But then something happened one magical night I forgot that you existed And I thought that it would kill me but it didn't
1: just indifference
0: all right welcome back after maybe the longest sabbatical in podcast history we are here for the 2019 football season both NCAA and NFL it's let's do it live I'm your host the people's Commission, and I'm joined by my on-site journalists down in Columbus Ohio and Shelby Township Michigan Mikey the Mush And Pizza Von Barron, who may also now go by Papa Von Barron. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this evening.
2: PVB back in the house. How's it going, boys?
1: Good. Mush back in his own house. Um, Our house, we could say. It's like the Heisman house, just none of us have a trophy. I love that. I love that analogy.
0: Participation trophy from like Little League when your dad was the coach?
1: Hey, I'm a non-participation trophy guy. Don't
2: bring that up. Hey, guys. I sat for the ACT during the offseason um, as part of our bet, and I got a 26. So I'm just as dumb as I was 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to see that your brain hasn't deteriorated too much since you've been in the pizza game, just slinging that za for the better part of the, the last decade.
2: Yeah, all the questions were related to pizza, so I did Okay. <laughs>
0: God damn it. <laughs> how, how was the science portion portion related to pizza? Was it like the yeast to mm-hmm. flour ratio? Salt, was it sugar, salt, salt and just, yeast. There was a lot them. of
1: pie a lot of pie charts on there, so you were good at the <laughs> fractions portion?
0: Yeah. yeah. I did well. He also used those charts uh, for Venn diagrams, so he was able to determine how two things were related it it was just really a a pizza extravaganza
1: a lot of mutual exclusivity going on
2: it worked hey don't hate man (laughs) but anyway in reality since the off season um crc the one true prince turned one and i turned 30 on saturday so i'm officially old as fuck happy belated birthday to
0: papa von baron you know
2: Thanks, everybody. this
0: past weekend so how did you spend it did you just crush you know Coors lights Miller lights and um, fall asleep by 9 p.m. P- P- that, that P- P- about right?
2: Uh, yeah Miller lights and lights uh, I spent the day watching the Michigan Wolverines I'm sure we'll get into that um, and then just right into the Clemson game right into the Texas LSU game and finish it off with Stanford UFC it was a Nice little Saturday. I didn't go to Home Depot, though. There wasn't enough time. I
0: did see an Instagram video of you today pushing around a future NASCAR racer at Home Depot. So. I did go
2: to Home Depot today, yes. Bought I'm a new microwave.
0: I'm glad to see you were able to make time on your busy
2: schedule.
0: I know. He's got it.
2: the
1: left turns on lock.
0: Yeah, he, does. he does. And he yeah. also likes uh, Rick Ross's Chevy Riding High. Um, it looked like he was listening to that while he was uh, making those left-hand turns. He's a big fan of that one. All right, let's get right into it. As we mentioned, football is back. Uh, we just completed week two of the college football season and currently in the midst of week one of NFL. So let's start with, uh, college football thoughts so far today. What we're going to do, we're going to do surprises and disappointments and then, for college football, and then we'll do the same for NFL and see where Mikey gets us off the rails. So PVB, since you are 30 and our elder here on this podcast, why don't you start off with who is your surprise team thus far uh, through two weeks of the college football season?
2: I wouldn't say it's necessarily a surprise, but I was pretty impressed by LSU on Saturday. Um, I didn't realize that Joe Burrow was that good. Uh, I think that they're going to be a tough team to beat this season. Other than that, I mean, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention. I'm sure Mikey is just going to blow us out of the water. So I'll just uh, step aside for his 10 minute rant.
1: I'm assuming that's my cue. Um, yep. No, you you are right on LSU. Uh, they're finally upgraded their offense and changed to an air raid. Uh, their problem is they have to play Alabama, and they haven't beat Alabama. In since 2009 Uh, so that's their biggest issue but I agree with I was going to say that would have been one of my surprises my other surprise is that Hawaii is live streaming their games on Facebook so when you're chasing at midnight and you play Hawaii and you're trying to find them you don't have to get a shitty reddit stream so that's my other surprise wow and that was under
0: like two minutes so I am surprised by that my surprises this year, I have two. Um, the first is UNC football. Obviously, they are not known for their football team, even though they're sponsored by Jordan. But they brought in Mack Brown after going 2-9 last season, and they have two pretty big wins for them uh, so far against South Carolina and Miami. So we'll see what happens going forward. I'm sure they'll run into an absolute buzzsaw when they meet up with Clemson, but that's Neither here nor there. And the other one was Maryland. Uh, they kicked the shit out of Syracuse this past week, who was ranked in the top 25 for the first time in many years. Um, but why I'm most surprised is they were an absolute dumpster fire last year with the um, scandal surrounding one of their players, Jordan McNair, passing away during spring training. Um, you know, the controversy with keeping head coach DJ. Durkin in the spot, you know, just a lot of unnecessary um, just garbage in the media. So they bring in Mike Loxley from Bama. He was an offensive coordinator last year, and they're 2-0. So they play Penn State and Michigan at home, Michigan State, Ohio State away. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those four games are an upset victory for the Terrapins. So... That leads right into our next segment, which is college football disappointments through two
2: weeks. Mush,
1: start us off.
2: I think Uh, we're all going to have the same disappointment now.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to change mine. You mentioned Mike Mike Loxley. He was a co-assistant coordinator at Alabama. Um, The other co, his other half, was Josh Gaddis. He went to a a team up in Ann Arbor, and uh, I think that's probably – our disappointment. I think we lost the sweepstakes through two games on um, uh, what coordinator who's the better. I would say my disappointment is Kansas State not getting enough media hype. Um, my cousin Chris Kleeman, led them off they their two and zero. I don't think they've been two and zero in ten years, uh, and they won handily fifty two to nothing this week. So the fact that the media is not talking about them. To be a sneaky Big 12 team this year would be my disappointment.
2: Well, Andrew, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it?
0: Go ahead. I have some other disappointments just as backup because I knew there would be a consensus about the Wolverines.
2: Well, do you want to save mine for last so we can
0: just really dive in? Sure. So the other two that I had just because we didn't want to start – simultaneously crying about another year under the hardball regime that just fails to meet our expectations but uh, the first one was Texas A&M against going to Clemson this past weekend so last year it was an absolute thriller in College Station no one thought that uh, the Aggies would be able to you know give the Tigers a run for their money went down to the wire, and Clemson was able to leave with a victory. So I thought it was going to be another shootout um, down in South Carolina. That was not the case, and to make matters worse, uh, the Aggies backdoor covered with six seconds left on an absolute garbage touchdown. So um, double disappointment there. The second one, and this is maybe biased and also going into our general general disappointment with the michigan wolverines here on the let's do it live podcast but that's the lack of drop off um, with the new head coach and justin fields as qb1 down at ohio state they look just as good as they did last year and i can only imagine how terrible it's going to be in november in ann arbor at the big house given how michigan has played thus far in the season
2: i would agree with that too I was going to bring up how good Justin Fields looks down here in Columbus. Uh, People are absolutely raving about him. And I, too, am extremely nervous for November. But it looks like we probably won't even have to worry about that game, judging from how the Wolverines have played thus far, Uh, leading into everyone's disappointment. uh, They looked horrible against Middle Tennessee last last week. Luckily, they're just so bad that it, it didn't matter. And then they definitely should have lost Army on saturday um the army quarterback throws a huge interception on in our red zone i think what would they on like the eight yard line um so that saved us otherwise we absolutely would have lost shea patterson has just got worse butterfingers than hot hands hayan putting the ball on the turf every time he touches it i just i don't even know what kind of offense they're trying to run everyone just looks like nervous the entire time shea patterson hands it off when he should hold it and vice versa it's just a complete mess and the defense is about half as good as it was last year maybe worse than that we're toast that's how i feel what do you guys got i don't think i'm as pessimistic
0: in terms of being completely dead and canceled but um Consul. i do agree <laughs> consulted. but i do agree that the offense just looks really shaky especially um, from QB1, Mr. Shea Patterson. Um, The exchanges with the running backs just look awkward, like he's uncertain if he should hand it off or keep it every single time. Um, What I did want to note about the offense is that the receiving core and Zach – how do you pronounce his last name? Chardonnay. Chardonnay. He looks fantastic. I mean, he – It's finally a Michigan running back with power, um, some speed, reliable. um, Very impressed with the true freshmen so far. And then also, you know, you got Ronnie Bell, you got Tariq Black, Nico Collins, and um, Donovan Peoples-Jones coming back, hopefully in the next week or so. They look like competent receivers, which is something we haven't truly had since Darbo and Chesson a few years back with Jake Rudock throwing them the ball. So I will note that as a positive, but Shea Patterson looking uncertain at the helm and then the defense out of whack. I mean, missed, missed tackles, they look out of position, not a lot of energy, not a lot of juice. Unexciting so far through two weeks.
1: A lot to comment on there. First of all, that Texas A&M game, that was the first time I was on the right side of a bad beat in a long time. Um, And Clemson is scary because against Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech decided to take Trevor Lawrence out of the game and play like two safeties high. And Travis Travis Atn ran for 200 yards and three touchdowns. And in this game, Texas A&M did the opposite and tried to take him out of the game, and he only went for – 50 yards on 16 carries, and Trevor Lawrence still threw 275 yards. So how you stop them, I don't really know. And their defense is just as good, even though they lost the whole front seven to the NFL. And then regarding Michigan, I mean, it's hard to run a read option offense when your quarterback gives it up every time. I don't think there was any, like, there really wasn't too many where, It got to the mesh point, and he actually kept it. His runs were either designed runs or scrambles. Um, I don't know if that's by design or if that's just how it's going right now, but that'll be interesting. You are correct on the wide receiving in the passing game. That actually looked pretty good, save um, the second overtime when uh, he threw to Tariq Black twice. And the third attempt was incomplete. I will say that one problem with passing is all his passes look a little bit high. So he either overthrows his receivers or when he does hit his receivers, um, it takes the receiver out of stride. And it just kind of ruins the fluidity of the route. But I mean, it's two games in. Playing military schools or academies is kind of, Damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if it's close or if you lose, you get chastised for it, and then if you win, the win counts as shit. So I just hope they don't play him anymore, but respect the troops, I guess.
2: Great. Actually, that that throw on third down in the second overtime was maybe the worst throw I've ever seen. Yeah, it everything was like just seems, 10, yards, 10 yards wide. seems
1: to float. So just kind of got to uh, – tighten those two things up and I think I read after week one the on first down they ran like 55% of the time I don't even know what it was from this week but it had to be damn near 70% and it's it seems like they went to Gaddis to get rid of the predictability because there was no unpredictability last year it seemed like it was you could almost guess what was coming and instead of flipping the script, they went right back to that again this year. So just hoping that that gets cleaned up, and we see. Uh, I mean, we don't have to. We don't have to watch anything this weekend, but uh, we'll see at Wisconsin. We got a Michigan's got a tough uh, tough seven games left against yeah, the yeah. opponents, though. That'd mm-hmm. be interesting.
0: No, I was going to go gonna make to NFL. That, yeah, I was just going to make one comment about the offense and the play calling. It looked like. When it got close, especially on Saturday and everyone's sphincters started tightening, that uh, someone else that wears khakis took over the play calling. And I hope that's not the case because there's going to be a lot of close games. you got, I mean, just absolute stellar programs coming in Ann Arbor. You have Notre Dame at home, you have Michigan State at home, and you have Ohio State at home. Um, If Jim starts playing, calling the plays we know exactly what's going to happen we've all seen that movie many times before so perfect segue from my pessimism uh back into optimism of the nfl so let's start with surprises switch it up mush are you ready to go uh
1: yeah surprises i would say that uh surprises that lamar jackson is a pocket quarterback He's going to have to that's his, what I wrote down he's gonna, too. That's what I he's going to have to He's going to have to use his feet uh this year. I don't know. No, that was just a joke. Um I would guess my surprise is that uh the Bills didn't quit. And Josh Allen still looks good in pants and and or shorts. Um the AFC East has a, a one true king and it is obviously Tom Brady. Maybe that could be a surprise, is that as much as people want to doubt him, they're just so damn good. It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I would. I agree with that. I just keep waiting for him to slow down year in and year out. You know, you would think after his sixth Super Bowl that the hunger would die down a little bit, but they just looked so good. I would say my surprise is how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers are. They just rolled right over, and Tom was petting their belly all night, and when Antonio, Antonio Brown gets into town, well, he's in town. But once he's eligible to play, they're a scary, scary football team. And I really think the only team that can beat them is the Kansas City Chiefs. Are those all your surprises?
0: I would yeah, say. You yeah, you can go ahead. Go ahead.
2: We'll, we'll keep it moving.
0: All right. Obviously, I had the Ravens and Lamar Jackson as my first surprise. Um, Even outside of Lamar Jackson, I was really impressed with Marquise Hollywood Brown, the undersides receiver from OU, who happens to be Antonio Brown's cousin. He had like 150 yards and two touchdowns on 12 plays. Um, That was really, really impressive. Hopefully, thoughts and prayers to Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, going through a lot right now with his his uh, campaign donor dinner uh, on behalf of President Trump and then also his team absolutely sucking in week one.
2: The other Ooh. one, go ahead. Ooh, other big surprise, RG3 threw a touchdown pass yesterday. Nobody nobody saw that <laughs> he coming. Was,
0: he I went six for six.
2: six. <laughs> yeah, six for
0: six. Well, I do, I do have a surprise. It, it was on behalf of Greta. Greta
1: and their new child. Oh yeah, I forgot.
0: Thoughts some prayers, pump, him pump.
1: and his sleep. Yep. Um, the other surprise I had, even because the game was on Thursday, was uh, the Bears and how Mitchell the Mitchell looked like he uh, regressed, especially with an offensive head coach. It's obviously just a one-game sample size, but the offense looked the offense just looked out of sync and bad. I mean, if you hold Aaron Rodgers to 10 points, you should probably win the game. And especially coming off the double doink, you would think they'd want to come out hot at home, everything going, and they just didn't really have anything on the offensive side of the ball.
0: I have that actually as one of my disappointments was how terrible the Thursday night opening game was. Um, But one other, well, one and a half other surprises I had, Mikey already mentioned it, the Patriots looked amazing on. Aside from their defense, which was stellar last night, their offense was just firing on all cylinders. And the stat that I wanted to bring up is there was one reception by a tight end for three yards in that entire game, and TB passed for over three hundred and forty yards. So just keep that in mind. It was on
1: the it was on the last drive of the game too to Vance uh-huh. McDonald. Yeah,
0: yeah. For all those haters out there that thought Gronk would leave. We love Gronk, but that the offense would suffer tremendously without him. TB12
1: finds a way. The other one. I transition I, that into my disappointment then? I'll just cut you off. But No, that's fine. My, just quickly, I thought my
0: other surprise was I thought the Indianapolis Colts were going to lose by 50 to the Chargers this weekend, just with Andrew Luck retiring and going to Jacoby Brissett. But they took them no to overtime to eventually lose. But I was surprised by that.
1: A backdoor cover that got ruined to be a push. Um, no, but speaking of tight ends and disappointments, that was my disappointment was seeing Gronk before the game in a football jersey, but it was simply just to spike the Super Bowl trophy again and not play. It's weird not seeing him out there, but don't worry. He'll be back. I
2: hope you're right.
1: Well, the video –
0: I don't know if you saw it PvB, but there was a video, Gronk was at the Barstool headquarters. Uh, shout side note, shout out Mikey, PvB, and the PC for being so good at golf that we get to go party at Barstool headquarters in October. We should probably do a live vlog. Um
1: oh, yeah, we never even mentioned the classic.
0: Yeah, we, we or the n- national. We can, we can finish that at the end, but
1: okay anyways.
0: Barstool released a video today, and Gronk was in the office shooting the shit with El Prez, and essentially Gronk, half-jokingly, half-not, said he'd be back by week 14. So, TBD on if that amounts to anything, but that would be the last possible week he could come back to the roster and be eligible for the playoffs. Is that correct, Mikey?
1: Uh, yes, I think so. I think it's um, week fourteen. Is that like December first? Sounds about right. Yeah, because I think it's it's somewhere right around there. I think it's December first or uh, whatever that cutoff is. I think you have to. Yeah, it's four games left in the year. So we'll but see. He might not
0: be done yet, even though now could he's be the best a round fantasy
1: pick ever made. <laughs>
2: yeah. All right, PVB, what do you have for disappointments? Disappointments? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Detroit Lions. I know it's a huge shocker. Uh, t- 24-6 to lead in the fourth corner against arguably the worst team in the NFL last year and a rookie quarterback. And I think it was literally the worst team in the NFL last year. Yeah, well, they won two games last year, correct? Yes. I mean I just I don't know how you lose that or you don't win that game. I actually turned it off because I thought it was a lock and went on a bike ride with CRC and came back and then just immediately started sweating and then it just continued to get worse and worse and then I thought they sealed it on that third down conversion but they called timeout and then the wheels just continued to fall off. I I don't know why they can't close. That was the most Lions thing ever, and I'm just sick about it.
0: So I also mentioned the Lions in my list of disappointments, but I had a little different spin on it, and the disappointment I had was the Lions' ability to make average quarterbacks look like absolute superstars, so... They showed a stat during the Cardinals-Lions game saying that no rookie quarterback who started week one has won the game since, like, 0-2 with um, David Carr, the older brother of Derek Carr, quarterback of the Raiders. He looked—Kyler Murray looked terrible in the first half. He looked out of whack, overthrowing everything, making poor decisions. I mean, that interception he threw when he should have just thrown it three rows into the stands— Outrageous comes back, just throwing darts. Granted, we know he's like a great player from a college perspective, but you didn't need to make him look like that in week one when you're up twenty four to nine or he whatever it was. He can't even throw over
2: like his offensive line, and then all of a sudden yeah. they started to do little six yard out routes, and it was like the the impossible play that no one can stop. Mm-hmm. And then the best ass in the league, Larry Fitzgerald. Went Just puts off. the team on his back and goes off on us. Yeah, and I had him on my the bench. He's like fantasy. thirty-seven years old. He's he was sat for class at the University of Phoenix, University of Phoenix. Shout like out, half out half his mom for the game.
0: Yeah, shout out his mom. Shout for out
2: him. to his mom. You're right,
0: motivating him to go back and get that he's, degree. St-
1: Education. He important. still calls her. Still calls her answering machine. Isn't that um, the commercial?
0: Yeah, I believe so. It is. Yeah. So I mentioned my other disappointment being the Thursday night game. Um, Just with all the hype surrounding the Bears and how good they were supposed to be, you know, leaders in the NFC North with the Packers, obviously fighting um, to win the regular season. Aaron Rodgers is never going to let him off easy. It was awful. It was so boring, that entire game. Um, And then another, it's not a disappointment, but it was like, yeah, kind of feels right, Uh, the Browns. Um, you know, since Hard Knocks last year, I think everyone kind of fell in love with Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and Miles Garrett, a lot of the other young stars for the Browns. They bring in Odell Beckham Jr. They got Freddie Kitchens, who was um, – was he the offensive coordinator last year? Yes. So he's running the show now. A lot of hype surrounding him, saying this is their <laughs> their year. The game started off hot. Baker throwing absolute darts, and the Titans just put them in a body bag and won by, like, 30. So, not I, I mean, I personally wasn't disappointed, but I'm sure a lot of the loyal listeners out there in the Cleveland area are super disappointed with how the Browns showed up in Week 1.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say about it is that I like Baker. I think he's an exciting player to watch. I think he is good, but with all the trash that he talks – he better have a year.
0: Absolutely, and then, I mean, something I kind of glossed over is: didn't they sign? Um, who was Kareem the running Hunt. Next? Kareem Hunt. Yeah. They have Nick Chubb already. I mean, they are ab- absolutely stacked from like uh, a paper statistics standpoint, but they they cannot put it together. I think they also had damn near 200 yards in penalties, so. 178 thank you so that just goes to show that no matter how talented you are if you have no discipline it's pretty hard to win a football game
1: Agreed. agree right, i'm commenting i'm commenting on your disappointments because they're really not that disappointing well the cleveland browns have won weight the cleveland no, no, the cleveland browns have won one time in week one since 2002 so to expect anything different is crazy you're ever you're their do kind of guy I'm a if red comes up 10 in a row, I'm betting red again. I'm not betting against the streak. Secondly, as a non-Lions fan, I have a little bit of perspective. Anytime you could think that team would not be disappointing, you're out of your mind. Now, did they they from the fourth quarter that I watched? I hate when any team does this, but when teams go into prevent defenses, and then when a quarterback whose main game is to throw the 6-yard, 12-yard routes that Kevin was talking about, and you play your corners 10 yards off the line of scrimmage in a zone instead of playing man like you were in the first half, you're going to get beat.
2: I agree. You that would think my, That was you, my lines rant. You would think they'd learn after watching college football. Any team that just goes into a straight prevent defense is going to lose. Happens all the time. People do it against the Patriots all the time too, and then Tom just chops them up like a serial killer.
0: Thanks for your input you Mikey on my disappointments even though I gave the disclaimer on the Browns one that I wasn't personally disappointed oh no I know they no, really like played into our narrative and then being a lifelong Lions fan I think that's something only PVB and I can really you know um, admit and talk about since your your loyalty uh is more like that of a mercenary in tb12 you trust
1: so hey just because they let me be a team captain because i thought i was a kid with special needs doesn't mean that i'm a hired assassin all right tomato tomato
0: to each his own so we touched on it briefly um we have the privilege of playing in the barstool classic finals in october so i want to hand it over to mikey the mush to because he is such a great on-site journalist and his ability to paint word pictures akin to Jim Nance when it comes to experiential um, stories. Let, let's just give him the mic and let him recount what happened in August at Harborside in Chicago during the qualifier.
1: All right, since I was probably the most sober one there, it's probably best that I do it. Uh, also not so there true. Was t- I was
0: the most sober one there.
1: Uh, you were the most sober one when we showed up, not when we left. Okay. That I um, agree with. But, yep. Yes. All right. So it was a two man tournament. There was uh, approximately 55 teams, the top six qualified, uh, myself and the PC started off slow. Um, and then I, he had a little, I had to kick him in the ass a little bit. I did say I was going to skull fuck the course. And from that point on, um, we climbed the leaderboard temporarily in first place. Uh, With four holes to go, we ended up finishing in fourth place, qualifying for the finals at Liberty National in New York in a month, which is the uh, most expensive country club in the United States to join. And uh, if we win, we win $10,000. So it'll be us and about uh, 40, 45 other teams. So it'll be interesting.
0: And let's not forget that we are bringing our ringer as caddy, pvb who is so good at raking bunkers and cleaning golf balls that it's absolutely ridiculous he's probably one of the uh most sought after caddies on
2: the entire pga tour is that correct i've been practicing raking in carson's sandbox um really been doing well i've got some cool designs going um all i can say is i will clean the shit out of those clubs and i will drink more truly's than Trevor did or or was it jordan i forget it was jordan
1: yeah i'd like to put a uh, r.i.p. in peace to our former caddy uh jordan Keltika. his uh law school um responsibilities prevent him from caddying uh this time around uh also he drank uh, approximately 22 to 24 trulies in five hours uh at the last tournament so we weren't also sure if he was allowed back so we figured we'd just keep it uh let's do it live specific and uh bring the band back together for an appearance in New York. I'll bring the so, content. It'll be interesting. Yeah,
0: we might have to hey. buy a GoPro and actually film it and do some sort of editing. I, I don't know. I'm getting better at GarageBand with our audio editing. Maybe I can figure out how to do video editing, although I probably
1: won't maybe this maybe this time when we get interviewed for 35 minutes and get two holes behind maybe we'll get as part of the recap video oh i, I not, do i do want to tell
0: this story to the loyal listeners so mikey was gracious enough to sponsor the entire event um and pay our entry fee granted there's a disclaimer with that it was kind of un with the understanding that if we qualified for nationals, like if I really played well enough to with him, that we got to go to Liberty national, that maybe he would be nice and wave <laughs> my half of it. So that's probably why I played really hard. Cause I didn't want to pay. But, um, so again, Mikey paid for all of it. Jordan drank more Trulies than anyone else on the course. And then Barstool Chicago was there interviewing people and they interviewed me and Jordan and not Mikey, the guy who paid. And I thought that was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> and again, we didn't make the final edit, but just in the moment, uh, we really had a good time with it.
2: Yeah. Apparently you're not exciting enough PC. What the hell is that?
1: Well, you gotta they, make an impression. They, we also don't have kids like Paige Sporanik either. Yes, that was
0: very true. If you watch the recap video, the vast majority of it is dedicated to Paige and her playing companion, Taylor. Yeah, I actually Um, saw that. That was annoying. Yeah. So, hey, it's it's 2019 feminism. Hey, you do what you want, but uh, when you dedicate the majority of that time of the cameramen and the content guys just flirting with the girls i don't i don't know if that's your best use of uh, of the airwaves but that's here neither here nor there
2: i agree you know what though you got the pvb there um walking electric factory i don't get out much so i'm gonna have vacation and energy to the fullest I'll probably be so excited I'll have baby hands, and uh, baby hands and Lego hands, baby arms and Lego hands. That's gonna yeah, baby arms and Lego hands. That'll be me. Yeah, I can force. Speaking of babies,
1: can you actually bring CRC and maybe we'll get a puppy? Because if we have a baby and a puppy, there's no way we don't get camera time. Oh,
0: you're right. That's very true. Or if we can't bring them, we just print out life size replicas of them via on like popsicle sticks and we'll just hold them up like Flat Stanley. So it's like they're there. (laughs) Poor Flat Stan. (laughs) That's too funny. I mean, how else are we going to get them to New York? So look out for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully we can produce some sort of content. Maybe we'll do a live podcast the night before, after we get to go to the welcome party at headquarters, to be honest. I mean, I... I'm very excited for golf just because I still am super competitive and like to believe that I'm okay at the game. But I think I'm even more excited just the three of us to spend time in New York, like go to Barstool headquarters. We watch all their content all the time to be able to see it live, get some free Trulies, and then play one of the best golf courses in the nation. It's going to be an epic three days. I'm very excited. I'm going to be
1: Kevin McAllister out there. Because I haven't been to New York in probably like twenty-two years, and they're going to see me, and I'm just going to be roaming the city. I might make friends with that pigeon lady. I've never been to New Central York, Park. so
2: there's that. Uh,
0: the last time I went, I was my twenty-first birthday, and it's it's been a long time. I I wasn't so refined as I am today,
1: so maybe I'll. There is an issue though. That five thirty wake-up call to go to not even wake up call, but five thirty departure. We're gonna have to work on that.
0: Yeah. Well, we can just take an Uber from the hotel directly to the golf course. That's what I said in the in the email back to him. Anyways, right. that's enough for tonight.
1: I got Let, off the rails. That yeah, no,
0: was my fault. No, but that's something we need to share with the loyal listeners. You know, we're all very excited that we were able to qualify for the finals of the Barstool Classic, and start talking about football again. It's been way too long, and we still are okay at podcasting in our own minds. So here we are back with another episode of Let's Do It Live. PVB, Mush, thank you again for your time. PVB, thanks for putting Carson down early so you could get on the ones and twos. We really appreciate it. Any last words, words of wisdom, hey, no motivational, any, anything, for any you guys, haikus dude. that you want to share?
2: No, I don't have anything specific. I'm just happy to be back, and uh, we will see you next week.
1: Yeah, I was told to keep my mouth shut, so I'll be quiet. <laughs> Perfect.
0: All right, thanks everyone. Just a couple dudes being dudes with no rehearsal. Let's do it live. Hope it never ends I never walk Cornelia Street again That's the kind of heartbreak Time could never mend I never walk Cornelia Street again And baby, oh.